When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 75. Little mini milestone there, Steve. September 29th. Thank you guys for joining us. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, it is the second to last episode of the regular season and we are going to be looking back on the 2022 biggest surprises which is always a great topic every year there's people that kind of come out of nowhere and and have a stellar year the flip side of the coin is some of the underperformers of course but this is all basically under the formula of we didn't expect that so i'm super pumped and we're super pumped to have you guys with us course as we approach the offseason you guys can fire any topics our way and we'd be happy to throw them on give you a little shout out you can email us at wins above fantasy i'm sorry wins above fantasy at gmail.com or reach out on twitter as well uh steve how's it going man uh i'm excited for the playoffs in terms of fantasy baseball i certainly feel like i have to uh, wake up from a sleep uh, because I'm pretty much mathematically eliminated in all of my leagues. But that said, still very pumped to talk about the season that was here. Uh, talk to me, man. How's life? Yeah, it's good. Um, I am still in a dogfight in, 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 in a league. It, it's that... Uh, oh, I'm you're a bro- alive. A broken record in uh, in that on-the-wire league. I'm, I'm currently in third, so I've taken a little hit in the overall. I'm, I'm first in my, my one league, but there was, I think uh five leagues of 12 teams uh so trying to battle out for first uh overall would be nice to win an overall there in the league that adam howe our manager organized uh so it's coming down to the wire there uh i wasn't first for like the you know last week and like you know it's it's stressful now it's like third it's like how what am i gonna how do I make up these categories? Uh, that's the league that I'm out of fab in. So uh, Ooh, it, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's stressful, but I have a good enough team that, and you know, knock on wood, it's not like I'm playing any injured guys or anything like that. Um, so uh, that's still interesting. Have a, still have a chance there. Yeah. Now, is that a, uh, is that a volunteer type of league or is there a little skin in the game? Uh, oh, no, there, there was a, there was a fee. I think, I think there was a fee. Um, oh, so like this 50, is, yeah. 50 bucks. Yeah. So this um, is a true, true battle. I, I could be totally wrong. You know, this, I, I, you know, I care about Adam and I care about the, uh, the, the, the integrity, the, the, yeah, the integrity and just want to take it home, whether there's a prize or not, but I'm pretty sure, um, there, there was a fee in that one. I, I could be wrong, but uh, regardless, yeah, I, it's fun. It's fun being in, you know, I, I play mostly head to head in my home league. So like to be in this roto chase 
It's different. Yeah, um, it's different. And then different uh, in, in turf too. Not to pat myself on the back too much. Uh, turf the the you know the world leagues like there's Glarf and all those different ones. Like it's Barf, like the, the Turnpike Bay. one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I've I've risen the fourth in that one. There's uh you know some heavy hitters in that league uh, and fortieth in the overall. So uh, having having a good year in those those two leagues. Uh, TGFBI middle of the pack like eighth. That team has just been horrible. But you know two leagues uh in in, in FBC not bad and not to not not and another thing that's that's all right. Uh, our best ball team has kind of been on a run here. We're up to sixth, so we should finish top half. Yeah, I'm sixth in that. I'm I'm seventh in the other best ball that I was like top three all season, and then same as you, eighth in TGFBI, and then um, yeah, on the Raz Slam. Because how many teams are are I, I didn't total make the, cu- the I didn't Raz make the cut, but um, there there's a lot there's a lot of teams because because I, I got slams. 145 on on the Raz Slam, which I feel like is respectable at least. Oh, that, definitely. Do. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm at 171, so um, did better than me there. Barely edged you out there. Yeah, that's a a Dalton Bar show come up for me. But yeah, we're (laughs) we're pumped about this, Steve. It's uh, always fun reflecting. And next week we'll have kind of the official end of the season. We'll go through the chalkboard picks. We'll probably talk about a myriad of other issues or or topics. But give me a little rundown um, on the origin of today's topic. And your general thoughts on it. I think it's a, a cool angle here. Yeah, everyone's uh, favorite podcast host, uh, my second favorite podcast host behind you, that is, of course, uh, Derek Van Riper. Put He's out got a, tweet. a voice. The uh, voice yeah. alone, Steve. He, you know, yeah, he gets I, I think he might be the voice of fantasy baseball. You know, that, that, the, I'm sure he would. Uh, not accept that title or just because he seems like a nice and humble guy, but uh, de- definitely is up there. Um, oh, yeah. But I saw a tweet yesterday and he tweeted out um, a question, just a general question, like who is your biggest surprise for fantasy baseball in 2022? And he's, his guy was Brady Singer. Um, just, you know, someone that you don't realize is having as good a season or, you know, in, in, in the case of this show, what we're doing as bad of season that, that, that you thought or something that's, you know, you, you look back and it's like, wait, what was that guy's line again? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think we didn't want to include like rookies or call ups here because like, you know, even though Michael Harris, no one really expected him to come up and do what he did. You know, he was still this top major prospect and you didn't have preconceived yeah, notions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. About Brady Singer, you kind of guys that you could glance over on the wire that you, you aren't too upset that you don't get him in fab or, you know, other guys that you would think that are a lock for your rotation and, and should have this high floor, but then seemingly crater through that uh, yeah. with some other guys that we'll talk about. So more of the, the, the shock factor than like, you know, breakouts or anything like that. So um thought that was a cool topic for the penultimate show and can get right into it. I think there's some, some really good guys that'll be interesting for where they're going to go in 2023, because these guys, I always find it hard to value and, and and to know where to draft these sort of surprise guys both ways. Right. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to, to, to gauge, right? Like you have track record for these guys that might have someone that's so bad. And then someone that's good, like Brady singer, it's like, 
well, is he this new guy or is he going to be in between, which won't be that good from, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. It's yeah, it is. And and we'll definitely keep line of sight to kind of where they were drafted this season, where they finished, or at least where they are currently in like five by five standings. And then Steve's got a list of five or six guys. I've got the same list as always. We try to keep it pretty positive here, but we'll throw out a couple that are on the uh, downer side. But without further ado, Steve, let's talk about Brady Singer that uh, DVR had mentioned. And I think Singer is a perfect one for this because, and there's a lot of pitchers, honestly. When you look at pitching lines across the board, it's like, man, how many guys have like a sub 3 2 ERA where you're like, what are they doing here? But Singer with uh, 147 and two thirds innings, uh, almost a strikeout per inning with 144 Ks, the 299 ERA, a 113 whip. And that is just not a line that you would expect from Brady Singer, although he is a guy who's probably been mentioned on seven or eight different wins above fantasy shows. And I think it was more going into last season, meaning 2021 versus 2022, where we were talking about Singer for seam shifted wake. We were talking about him as someone to keep an eye on and one of our favorite guys from that Royals rotation. But it always kind of had a sheen of being kind of oatmeal-y. And even though he's, you know, he's got, he made a lot of noise in Florida. He's, you know, he's got the name value and he's young. There still is kind of this boring factor with mm-hmm. Singer. But then all of a sudden you get this season. So what are your thoughts? He was your guy. Give me a little rundown here and, and let's uh, talk about what we think for next year as well. Yeah, and there's sort of a boring stigma with current Royal pitchers, right? It seems like that's the part of their development, uh, at least of the last regime that has failed like pretty miserably. Like mm-hmm. the Royals had a bunch of these um, pitching Lynch. prospects. Yeah, Coar, uh, a lot of these yeah. guys that just haven't seemed to figure it out. And Singer was sort of the, the face of the, the Royals prospect. I'm pretty sure he was the, the top rated one, at least at one point, definitely when he came up. Um, and he kind of fell flat on his face too. And, and until this year, um, I know when he came up, there was like a video and the start that when he was first recalled, uh, I think he made the team out of spring, but then was pretty bad and then sent back down. Right. And then mm-hmm. came up after he worked on a change up in the minors. Um, and then that first start back, uh, there was a mini, a little fab with him because, you know, the changeup got some whiffs and a seven, seven inning, like shutout start, like in May. Um, and people were excited and I was one of them was like, all right, let, let's, let's see here. Uh, you know, um, and, and didn't jump in and definitely regret that. Um, I didn't jump in because I was still hesitant about the changeup and, it really, you know, it, it's not like he threw it, you know, 20% of the time now. It just went up to 8%, but maybe with how good his slider is and, and that unlocks something for the sinker because the sinker by results now this year is a lot better. And maybe just that slight uptick in use um, is what that pitch needed. Um, you know, the slider, there's no question the slider. The slider's elite, like, it had a 29% whiff percentage last year, which is really good, and went up to 34% this year, which is amazing. So there's there's no question there, but the sinker 
got better. It, it got better movement uh, horizontally and vertically. Uh, the run value last year was horrible at you know eleven. So positive run value for a pitch is is bad. It, it basically just takes all the results and puts a number grade on it. And you know if you have positive, that means it's leading to runs. Negative, it's preventing runs. So it went from eleven to negative four. So negative four is really good for that. So to have that change up and that's uh, that sinker. And that slider, that's just, you know, one of the better sliders in the game. Like with a changeup that he mixes in 8% of the time, it, it it seems like it's enough. Like obviously you would hope that a third pitch would be used a little bit more than that and actually be a little bit better than the pitch actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it got good results even though he only threw it 8% of the time with 212 batting average allowed, 303 slug. So, um Good results there. Uh, it doesn't get many whiffs, only 9%, but changeups don't get many whiffs in general. So it, it seems like it's enough. Um, maybe he'll start to get a better feel for it. He uses it really exclusively to lefties, um, which, you know, that, that's good. That That's a problem that a, a righty has, and to have that extra pitch versus lefties is, is sort of what you need. So uh, I don't know if I'm buying a 299 ERA, but I yeah. think I buy the the three eighty eight XERA with a good strikeout rate for next year, uh, and, and pitching in that ballpark, you could definitely beat that. And I could I could see me having some singer shares next year, depending on how hyped the industry gets on him uh, in this draft yeah. season. Yeah, I like the frame. I like that he's still young. I mean, twenty six years old. The fastball or the I mean, the sinker at. at around 94 miles per hour is solid. We always talk about, you know, above 93 and you're kind of past that threshold where it's, it's at least something to contest with. And the results that that's something worth taking kind of a deeper look on too, because the sinker last year with a, a 325 batting average against, and this year just a 256. So yeah, whether that was the uptick on the changeup or, if there was like a location thing happening there, but his command is definitely something that's, yeah, you that's know, a, when you look year thing, to year, yeah. yeah. Dropping from a 9% walk rate down to a 5.7% is obviously excellent. All that said, there are some kind of warts under the hood where the barrel rate climbed up a mm-hmm. little bit. It's just 8%. So it's not like egregious or anything. But the the XERA at a, a 388 compared to the 299, and maybe that's just where we need to kind of calibrate. Like you said, nobody's going to draft him expecting, I would say, even like a 3-2 pitcher. But if he can be like a 3-5 ERA guy or somewhere, you know, in that kind of SP3-4 range, I think that that could be fine because I still don't think there's that much on, you know, like the Savant page or under the hood that looks that sexy. So I don't think that his, his draft value will be, you know, pushing you off the grabbing him. It's like an SP four or five. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of holes to poke in it. Like, right. Like the chase rate isn't that good. The, the velo is just okay. Um, you know, the, the movement on the sinker is below average. Like it, it, it was better this year, but it was still below average compared to the league. But you know, um, there could be something that, that that's still missing. You know, I, I know he's good at getting called strikes, which is, uh, you know, a, a big thing um, and can lead to a bit of, you know, underrating in, in, in general. So, yeah, there, there might this this isn't going to be the profile. This isn't going to be like a uh, 
Steve Gisquelli. Yeah, a Cease or Lodolo or McClanahan of last year. Like, there, there's not going to be guys fawning over over this or, you know, even like a like a Hunter Green will be next year, you know. Uh, th- no, th- this yeah. definitely is more oatmeal-y, but I think there still could be value here. So I'm kind of cool that, that, you know, you still obviously wish there was something like, oh, wow, like he needs to throw this other breaking pitch more and it's really good by results. Uh, but it, the, I, I think there could be value here, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And I think he could put it together because 2021, the, the sinker had a 22% whiff rate. This year, it had a 14% whiff rate. So mm-hmm. it's like if the control has improved, his, his K rate overall went up this year. So he's still young. I mean, whether there's um, you know potentially a new pitch or just in general, I think he could be kind of a glue guy. But Singer was obviously pretty much undrafted going around like in the 400s and he finished in five by five at pick 118. But I think, Steve, we would expect Singer's ADP to fall beyond 150. Yeah, just, yeah. I, he's not going to be. I, I would think he's kind of probably J- Jordan Montgomery. One, right? Yeah, 150 to 200, maybe 250 even in earlier drafts. Uh, yeah, yeah. And by that, I mean what Montgomery was yeah, going into this exactly. season. Exactly. Singer might be, and that might be kind of the path. Um, I know Montgomery had a little bit more swing and miss, but it was still like the, you know, beneath the 25% K rate and everything. So it's interesting. I think it's a good one and definitely a surprise. So uh, shifting to my first one, we'll stay with pitchers. And I'm going with Tristan McKenzie, Steve. And we've talked about him. It's no real surprise because he's just completely turned it on in the past few months. But the season line, 11 and 11. You'll get that with the Guardians, despite the uh, surprise postseason berth. But 186 innings is the headline for me because the durability was always the question. And that volume is, is crazy to me. Now, the strikeout rate is matched at 186 strikeouts. I believe these numbers are accurate. I know he was throwing tonight and had another great outing against the Rays. A 299 ERA, a .96 whip. So not only were the durability questions put to bed, but also kind of the cherry bomb, Nick Pollock term on just a, a pitcher that will dazzle one outing and just get rocked the next outing. This is has been a level of consistency for McKenzie where you look at his second half and this is phenomenal upside. This is not a guy that that you're going to get at a discount next year, in my opinion, he was drafted around 230 this year, finished or currently ranked 50th in 5x5 five five leagues. Um, and beneath the hood, I think the curveball has been a huge part of the story. He's actually not tinkering that much with the the pitch mix. He's dropped a little bit on uh, the heater and the changeup and increased the curve and slider a little bit more. And his strikeout rate has actually dropped, but probably the biggest story outside of the durability for McKenzie is the walk rate, as we've talked about. Uh, who who's the prototype, Steve? Where we were, was it Dylan Cease when we were saying like that's the path yes, to a breakout? It's like dropping. That is it. Like a you know you poke holes a little bit elevated walk rate, and then you know if you have the strikeout stuff, you don't even need to drop it that much because it doesn't really matter if you just walk one guy and then strike out the other three in the inning. So. And this is McKenzie, yeah, dude, 11.7% walk rate last year, all the way down to a 6.1. So he pretty much cut it in half, which is huge. 
Uh, all that said, uh, the XERA is a 372 on top of the 299. Um, it feels like it's somewhere in the middle of that, but he is a, a fly ball pitcher, and the home run to fly ball rate was just 10.9%, which is pretty low. Um, so I think certainly there's going to be some regression here, but I think McKenzie's very interesting. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that you can still draft him with full confidence that he's going to be a workhorse just because that like, you know, six, five hundred and sixty pound frame or whatever it always lends itself to some concerns on injury. But that said, Steve, I mean, just completely throwing a dart. I could picture McKenzie maybe being drafted in like the shortly after the one hundreds, kind of where like an Alec Manoa was going this year. What do you think about like a one ten ADP for McKenzie? Yeah, was Manoa that that late? Um, I, I think I, he was I, like a hundred, hundred. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That that's an area, and that's an area that we say we want to draft in, right? So, um, I'm really surprised that I didn't wasn't kind of all in on McKenzie this year. It seems like you know, looking at it, had, like you said, it's it's that it's that that prototype, like a guy that just needs to harness his command a little bit with elite strikeout stuff, and and that's exactly what McKenzie was and and what he did. Um, honestly, probably like a body type, you know, bias, uh, it is. Yeah, you're right. I think that's, that prevented at least me for sure for not getting any shares really. I don't think I have McKenzie anywhere. And this is usually the type of guy that I, that I like and, and, and hit on. So, um, a, a miss for me and an oversight and something that I definitely can learn from, like, you know, just because this guy is, you know, built like Chris Sale doesn't mean that he's going to break immediately. So, uh, well, and I think all he would, all he would have to do next year is do what he's done, and it'll be. I think it'll be a value because I don't think he's going to be. I, I can't imagine he's going to be going in like the sixties and seventies and in, in draft. Rooms. Uh, yeah, there's Maybe probably still going to be that bias, though. I think, but like, you know, I was listening to Rates and Barrels, and you know, Saris mentioned how the pitcher with the best pitching plus and best stuff plus on the guardians is Tristan McKenzie. Like that's the one that the model likes the best. Um, you know, it's a great organization that gets the most out of their pitching. So like, I, I really think we should kind of be all in on McKenzie next year. And if there is still any of that bias, like uh, that's going to lead to, uh, you know, a, a good draft day value. Yeah, definitely one to circle. And I think, uh, you know, again, you'll you'll be able to get Singer much, much later. But with McKenzie, it's a whole different profile mm-hmm. of upside and everything. So talk to me about another one, Steve, uh, on your side. Kind of spin the wheel on where you want to take it here. All right, we going to, to – are we taking a turn to, to negative we could, here maybe? Yeah, and staying with pitchers, let's do it. Yeah, um, this was someone that we talked about, I think, on a recent episode, uh, Lucas Giolito, that – we kind of just threw our hands up in the air and warranted a deeper dive. And that's kind of exactly what I did. I mean, uh, it's, it is a shocking line, uh, 150 innings pitched five Oh five ERA, a 148 whip. Uh, the strikeouts were still there, 167 strikeouts in that 150 innings, but that really doesn't make up for how bad he's basically bombed your ratios. Uh, you know, if you've rostered Lucas Giolito like all year, um, in a roto league, like you're mm-hmm. definitely not doing well 
in, in the ratio categories. Uh, yeah, that's my TGFBI. Yeah, it yeah, it, it's it's basically an impossible hole to 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 dig out of. Um, the XERA is better at four thirty seven, but still, it's not like uh, you know, scream super unlucky. It's still pretty bad. Um, but obviously, he's had some unfortunate luck here. But um, you know, everything on the Statcast page is just ice cold like you know for a pitcher that's from from his breakout and season in in 20 what was that 2018 i think or 2019 um mm-hmm. to to just see you know someone take this big of a hit on essentially all of his um percentile rankings is just absolutely insane like it looks like that 2018 when he had the worst era like that's what his slider page looks like um, you know, gave up a ton more hard contact, um, uh, walk percentage, uh, you know, it wasn't always great. It was, you know, more of 60th, 70th percentile, but to go back down to, you know, 40% on top of allowing a lot worse contact, uh, you know, that's a recipe for the di- disaster. The whiffs are still there, which kind of leaves hope, but, I wonder if there was an injury. Um, the fastball velocity was down over a mile an hour. And for someone that relies on a changeup and a, a guy that, you know, made sort of a, a living on throwing like these high changeups and being the first one to do it, like if that speed differential isn't there, that's going to lead to a lot, a lot of problems. And that's exactly what it did. Um, in 2021, uh, the combined run value of his off-speed pitch, so the the slider and the changeup, which are two were two really good pitches for him during those breakout years, was negative twenty. So, two amazing secondary pitches. This year, it was positive twelve for the both of them. So wow. they got bad results. Like you know, uh, they still got whiffs, which is what is a bit encouraging and what leaves the hope for there for me. Um, wasn't as good in 2021, but he was still getting strikeouts and whiffs on those secondaries. But I, I'm wondering if there's a mechanic issue that needs to be fixed in the offseason, if there was an injury. Um, this will be someone that, like, if he's throwing 94, 95 again in, 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 the, in spring, um, up from that 92, 93 uh, this year, uh, I'll, I'll sort of just be like, okay, no question. I, I'm back in on Giolito. Like there'll be a value here. Um, if not, I'm probably going to stay far, far away. I think it really comes down to that, that fastball velocity. I know it's just a tick, but for someone that just relies on this, that change up, um, the slider's good, but it wasn't really like his, you know, extreme, as good of a whiff pitch, uh, as that, uh, as that changeup was. So uh, I'll be monitoring that a lot in spring and, and hoping that Giolito figures it out. And then I think if he does, there could be some sort of value here because these numbers just really can't get any worse. Yeah. This, I mean, this, the slider, which he does go to quite a bit or, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a distant third pitch. He, he throws it like 20, 25% of the time. The whiffs dropped from 2021 at 38% down to 31%, so definitely a decrease, and it just got hit way more. So in 2021, the batting average against 173, this year 293, so up a, a full 120 points there on the batting average against. 
and it looks like just from like a really rudimentary looking at like the kind of location charts you know maybe he was kind of effectively wild with it mm-hmm. in 21 but it's it's much looser in 2022 this season it's like always kind of in a tighter zone a little bit more to the middle of the plate so yeah i mean overall it's like certainly this was a shocker you remember when we did our one of our favorite episodes with Paul Spore we kind of went around the horn and said which which white Sox pitcher do you like most of the value and Paul led off with with Giolito and I was like man and I know you were back and cease through and through but we were all in on Giolito and we, yeah. we love the value here that's why and, it's and, such a shock because like the floor for Giolito was just seemingly so high right yeah and, and, and no one saw that. I mean, the, 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 to put it on all the other rankings that we have, his ADP was 40 overall going into this season. And five by five, he's, he's ranked 1,040. Probably so, the biggest like non-injury bust, I would think. Yeah. And it felt very, very safe in that range going and, into draft season. So it's like, man, uh, and I, here's, I was going to go to next year. But yeah, keep, keep rolling. Here's, here's what's strange. Like Giolito's this guy that like, you know, went to pitching labs on his own, like figured it out after he had those initial struggles when he first got called up. So like, you know, he's talked about like having feel for pitches. He's like, you know, he's like a a baseball nerd like us, right? Like he's not like, not that Mm -hmm. there's a right or wrong way. You know, he's not this like old school kind of doesn't look at the, you know, the metrics or anything like that, that much. He, he, he's in tune with it for sure. And last year he threw his fastball 44% of the time. This year when it lost velocity and was getting worse results, he bumped it up to 48% of the time. So like that tells me something like he didn't have feel for other pitches. He was hurt. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. That just tells me something is off. Like this pitch was worse. That's a good point. Why would he throw it more? He knows that, right? Like they, you know, that's something that's obvious. So, yeah. Uh, I, I would bet on something being fixed in, in the off season for Giolito or at least. An, yeah. An uh, yeah. I could see that. And I think this could be a kind of a Luis Castillo situation where like the hate might go too far. Uh-huh. And, you know, even there was, there was bad luck on top of this. So like that, the XERA at 437 instead of the 505, you know, some of his underlying stuff doesn't look as, awful as as a 505 era and a 148 whip so if he gets pushed i don't know it's so hard doing the crystal ball thing but like i you know we gotta just speculate steve i know this is like off the record because adp will roll out and everything but like what range does he go as like an overall an overall draft pick i don't know like he was going probably what top five rounds last year uh, yeah. I, I could see him going around like 10 to 12 around there, like kind of drafted as like, you know, a, Which fl- is exactly, a flyer. Yeah. Dude, it's exactly what happened with Luis Castillo. He was getting picked around, you know, the, the third round and then he had 2021 and then he went all the way back to that same, you know, round nine, 10 yeah. type of range. So like what, and what, what we saw pick is that? Back. Like 150? Yeah. Yeah, I think like somewhere between like a 120, 150 would be my guess. Yeah, I think um, that's what, where, where, where he'll end up. I think it might be a decent play, but, um, you know, we'll we'll be talking about him all, all offseason for sure. And I'm sure there will be plenty of 
plenty of deep dives um, and going deep articles on Giolito. But let's uh, shift over. Do we want to we want to go positive or negative here, Steve? Uh, well, uh, you did one. I did one positive. You did one positive. I did one negative. Well, let, let's stay negative for for right now. Okay, let's. This one's not as good. So let's talk about JD Martinez, <laughs> <laughs> a guy drafted. Uh, it kind of varied, but in our in our league, Steve, the the Pitcherless Podcast Network League. I think he went at like 65 ahead of a guy like Eloy Jimenez. And I think his ADP was closer to like late 80s. He finished 216 in 5x5 five five, uh, formats. And it, it kind of all just comes down to the pop. He, he still batted 272, which isn't kind of, uh, you know, classic JD Martinez. You'd want a little bit higher than that. A 341 OBP is fine. And the slug at 434 is almost a little deceiving because he was up there with like league leaders mm-hmm. almost in doubles, but it's really the home runs with just 13 bombs in 133 games. You have to like double take and just say, you know, what what's going on there? And I think the, the lazy, the quick thing to do is just be like, oh, he's 35 years old. You know, it, we, we've been waiting for kind of the shoe to drop on Martinez, but the 86 percentile barrel rate, just an 8.9% home run to fly ball rate is way low. And it's just, it's got, it's in a weird spot where I think he's going to, he's going to get pushed down big time on the boards next year. And I'm just curious if this is it for JD or if this is, if this is just kind of bad luck that looks a whole lot worse with, you know, the Red Sox being kind of a meltdown across the board Overall, it was a very surprising season for me. I, I might have guessed that the average would come down and stuff, but I thought even if you told me he had 133 games, I'm not saying that he's under 22 home runs. So it's like that that was that was surprising to me. I'm curious what your thoughts are on J.D. Martinez. It's not as surprising for me because I rostered him in my home league for uh, the entire season. Um, and we knew how bad he was, uh, especially in the second half. But to find sort of a silver lining, that's something that I'm going to try to focus on because J.D. Martinez was really, really good um, You know, during the first two months of the season. Uh, in, in May alone, he had four homers and like a 1070 OPS. Um, he, had he was nine, phenomenal nine in, 20, in 2021. First, yeah, and not and nine homers in the first half. I know that's that's low, but um, you know, uh, oh, compared to only four in the second. So, you know, he was hitting 302 at the All Star break. Um, his OPS was, you know, well over 800 at, at that point, and then it just cratered. Um, and with that, I know I don't think there was an IL stint, but there was a lot, a lot of days off because of a bad back. So I wonder how much um, that played into it. I know he came out and said that he was expecting to be traded at the trade deadline. Um, so you know that could mess with the player on the on the mental side too. Um, you know, uh, from a from a batted ball standpoint, it, it, it's not. It's worse than 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 what you know um, we've come to know from 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 JD in the past, specifically on the average exit velocity and hard hit percentage. 
but the max exit velocity is still there. The barrel percentage is still there. It's still a really good sweet spot percentage, which is, you know, something that he's one of the best in at the lead in the league, like always uh, at getting the, 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 the barrel to the ball, essentially. Um, obviously, you know, with, with a lower exit velocity, that's going to lead to worse results, but you know, he still has a 12.3% barrel rate. Like, that should not be a, a, a 13 home run hitter, essentially. Um, you know, uh, watching him, you know, he's swinging and missing and chasing like sliders specifically a lot um, this year. And it shows in, in the run value. It's a negative 10 run value where, you know, he's always been essentially positive or, or, or close to it uh, throughout his whole career versus sliders. So, uh, a lot of that could be, you know, pressing with results. Maybe, you know, he's not picking up the ball as well. And JD's another guy that, you know, all he talks about is like watching video in between. So, yeah, I, I think there might be a little bit of a bounce here. Just, you know, if he's healthy or, you know, uh, obviously he's going to be on the team, the Red Sox. Uh, I think they've said they, they're not bringing him back next year. So who knows? Um, there's still some encouraging things here in, in, in the barrel rate. And, uh, you know, I, I know the, the chase rate and whiff rates never been great. And, you know, it's not like he's been, uh, uh you know, he's going to strike out 20 to 25% of the time. That's just who he's always been, but, um, he might not go back to that 2018, you know, getting MVP votes, JD Martinez, but I think he could come back to like a, a 280, 25, 850 OPS guy, which is a really, really good fantasy player, especially in today's run environment. So uh, with that first half and the batted ball metrics not completely tanking, um, I could find myself talking myself into some, you know, value JD shares next year. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like in in his heyday, the home run to fly ball was like 25%, as high as 33%. Um, and in 2021, it was 16% this yeah. past year down to 9%. So I think, yeah, at the, at the minimum, he's surely still like a 270, 20 homer guy, um, who hopefully will have a good kind of lineup context around him. So, yeah, I think this is, this could be another one that people run away from really quickly just because of the, the age bias and everything, but definitely surprising and totally get, uh, that he burned you there, Steve, but um yeah that, just a note that he he also started very hot in 2021 he was one of our like first mm-hmm. half all-stars mm-hmm. and then had a cold second half in 2021 so that might be uh something to keep an eye on if he's a, if he's a hot starter could be a little sell high candidate yeah who knows maybe the back like breaks down after after a certain while uh, you know he 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 is 35 so it's not a not a good age to be battling with with back issues so never know no it's not uh we got more on the way more positive some optimism but first we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back hey alex fast here and thanks for listening to this podcast on the pitcher list podcast network if you're a fan consider supporting all of us by getting a PL plus subscription where you're going to get an ad free website and get access to our discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so Steve, you're up. Let's get back to the happy surprises. Who do we got on the uh, hitter side? Uh, there was a few names that, that we can go here, but I think we've talked about a few. You know, Brandon Drury, I think we've talked about. Uh, that was a surprise. Nate Lowe, we've recently talked about how good he's been. But someone that I don't think we've talked much about that I wanted to highlight was uh, Andre Jimenez uh, and just how good a year he's having. He's slashing... 305, 376, 483 with 17 home runs, 19 stolen bases, uh, close to an 860 OPS. Uh, you know, he was wow. drafted close to pick, you know, 275, I think, and is now uh, in 5x5, five five, the 64th best player. Uh, he was a guy that in one of my home leagues I added for like a week when he was hot and sort of just moved on because, you know, uh, I would be shocked if Jimenez had this great a year in. That's why I'm shocked, and that's why he is on my list of surprising performers. So, um, you know, there's some impressive stuff here going on. The hard hit rate is up, which is kind of what made us gloss over Jimenez uh, in the past. It's still not anything that's super special, but it's up to, you know, 38% from 30%. So um, basically went from, you know, bottom of the league to, you know, bottom third of the league, which – you know, for a guy that has some pop and, and, and some speed, that's kind of sometimes all you need. But what paired, you know, when you pair it with cutting down your strikeout rate from 26 to 19%, bumping up your walk rate a bit and, you know, doubling your barrels, like that's going to lead to a surprisingly good season. So, you know, I don't, I think this might be like peak Andre Jimenez, but I think there might be like a 270, 15, 15 floor in here with a chance for like a repeat, which would be really, really good. Uh, you know, uh, looking at a spray chart, it looks like, you know, a lot of all, basically all of his home runs are the pull side. So like, that's a, that's sometimes a, that's a good thing for like this line drive hitter mm-hmm. when you're pulling all your bowers, right? Because you're going to hit for a good average because you're hitting a bunch of these line drives, but then like the homers, if you're, if you're pulling those and you're pulling up the ones that you really, really square up, that's where you're going to get the most value out of those. So, that's a nice mix. Like you see all his like singles are sprayed all over the field. Same with his doubles too. And then all these home runs to, to right field pulled, you know, you, you sometimes could gloss over that and say, Oh, this guy's just like, you know, a, a pull happy hitter, but Jimenez is, is not that like, he's this line drive hitter that is knowing how to get the most out of his barrels. I wonder that's kind of like the Jose Ramirez path. Uh, and yeah. I wonder if that's, you know, that's probably not a coincidence that, uh, this breakout happened with, with uh, Jose Ramirez as his teammate. So um, I like Jimenez a lot and and wish I held on to him into, into more spots. It's just a surprisingly good all around year. Yeah. And maybe the upside, you know, he, he hasn't hit near the top of the order. So the counting stats haven't been as lucrative, um, you know, with just 64 runs, 68 RBIs, but he's been batting like sixth, eighth, and honestly, for for the 300 average and the 375 OP, OBP, 
strikes out under 20% of the time this season. Like I could see that being, you know, valuable near the top of the order. Albeit it's kind of assuming that he would continue the production, but the XBA is just 261. So I'm curious. Uh, yeah, probably the so hard, the probably the hard hit, right? It's not a great hard yeah. hit, right? And the the Babbitt was three fifty six. Uh, although he's he's kind he's of a speedster, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like you know last year, uh, it, at least in the majors, it was it was two seventy three. But most other years, it's like around three twenty for his Babbitt. So he's gonna he's gonna run a high Babbitt, and then if he's pulling the ball, because he does pull the ball quite a bit, even aside from the fly balls, um, maybe there's a little bit of shift. Uh, beneficiary going on with mm-hmm. with Jimenez, but he's only 24 years old and he's offering speed with an 856 OPS. So I think uh, it's it's definitely a surprising one, no question. Along with you know many guardians, but this is a uh, this is kind of a bargain bin middle infielder. It seems like I don't know uh, in terms of you know his ADP this year was 272 and in five by five he's ranked 64th right now. Again, I feel like there's going to be plenty of skeptics to where this feels like another guy who's. I mean, although there might the be steal, attacks the, for the speed, the steals, the steals will will keep his price relatively high. I think, yeah, yeah. So maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe hovering around pick 100. Again, these are all pure speculation. What what's your gut say? I, th- I think like, is I he think around exactly eight? that. I think yeah, so. around around seven. Maybe or or maybe like bumped that. up a little higher if someone likes him and, and likes the power speed combo or at least the potential yeah. for power with, with that speed. So uh, yeah, I could see definitely. him going from, you know, round six to nine range, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, things are moving in the right direction in terms of like development with mm-hmm. the, the hard hit incrementally going up from 26 to 30 to 37 this year, strikeouts coming down, walks going up a little bit. So Jimenez I think is uh, very much worth the attention. Yeah, the Guardians um, have, a, have a good lineup there, too. Uh, sneaky, sneaky good lineup. So uh, I like are, them. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, yeah, a little small ball action going on. So uh, my next one is kind of similar range. Drafted at pick 300, currently ranked 81st. More of a slugger, though, Steve. And it's Anthony Santander, who we laugh about because uh, you have to emphasize every syllable in his last name with the Santander. <laughs> but uh, we've talked about him in years past, Steve, and we like we like Santander as is kind of a, a waiver wire target, at least in in shallower leagues. But this year, I feel like it's it's really all come together. Now batting two forty nine with thirty three homers, seventy six runs, and eighty eight RBIs for the Orioles. That's, you know, the the walk rate is solid enough. His OBP is 323 on top of the 249 average and then a 470 slug. There's some stuff under the hood that is really got my attention for Santander. I really overlooked the plate discipline with just an 18% strikeout rate this year and an 8% walk rate. Um, the fly ball rate is the highest of his career at 285 84th percentile barrel rate. He's going to be 28 next year. He's not like a, you know, on the wrong side of 30. And I feel like this has like oatmeal written all over it where people just for whatever reason aren't getting that excited about Santander. And in the second half, 
he's put up an 862 OPS with 18 home runs. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's some kind of rumblings that he might get traded to make room for Kyle Stowers. Um, worth noting on kind of the oversimplified baseball savant like homers by ballpark, he would have had 40 home runs in eight ballparks around the league this year. So I think this is true pop and the hit tool gets low marks on, on kind of his, his player profile, but the XBA was a 261. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He absolutely crushes lefties. I think Santander is kind of a sneaky value, and I certainly don't think he's going to be picked in the top 100 just because I don't think there's that much buzz around a guy like this. But maybe it's just uh, Midwest bias, Steve. Uh, what are your thoughts on Anthony Santander? I was really in on him in 2021 after, you know, that surprising shortened season where he had, you know, some really good numbers in that uh, 60 game sample. He had 11 homers, 13 doubles, um, a, you know, an 890 OPS in, uh, you know, 37 games, and 167 plate appearances. Um, yeah. But there was the numbers to back it up. There was, you know, a really good max exit velocity, a 10.2% Bauer rate, um, you know, a 287 XBA, uh, a 516 X slug. So there was a lot to scream that this was legit. And then despite the fact that the numbers, the the underlying numbers were still pretty decent, um, it really didn't come together for him last year kind of at all. It was just 18 homers. Um, he hit, I think he had some injuries. Yeah, stuff, he had some injuries. He had just 241 and a 719 OPS. And it was like, all right, I, I, I got hyped to get this guy for kind of no reason. And, you know, the Bauer rate did dip. It went down to 8%. Um, you know, uh, the walk rate wasn't great and the strikeout rate jumped up. Like, But looking at it now, that strikeout rate kind of, of 23% looks like an outlier in 2021. So I... I, I, I I'm all the way back in and I think this is sort of a, a bigger lesson learned. Like I shouldn't have been just not considering Anthony Santander because he was essentially a pickup, I think, uh, in, in a lot of leagues um, because I was yeah. in on him and didn't really work the year before. So um, kind of need to, I guess, go into a, a fresh slate with uh, some guys that I miss on. But I Really, really like Anthony Santander. I think the Orioles should, Orioles should keep him. Um, you know, I, I know Stowers is a decent prospect, but I think peak Stowers would be what Santander is. So just yeah. keep the guy that he is. Like, you know, uh, the the stats say there there could be some upside here too uh, with that two sixty one XBA and for someone that hit the ball uh, this hard this year, uh, uh, yeah, I would expect there to be. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of bump there too. Um, doesn't strike out that much. Like you said, there's not much not to like about Anthony Santander. Uh, I know he's on an absolute heater right now. I think he's had two multi home run games in like the last four or five games, something like that. So, uh, he's probably winning a lot of championships that are going on currently right now. Yeah. 10 home runs in September. So he's a prime candidate for the, uh, the whole, you know, uh, if you, if you slept on September, yeah, you might have missed this one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, I just looked it up. Three different IL stints in 2021. So if you kind of oversimplified and just removed that 
sample mm-hmm. where he had a 719 OPS. Then you're looking at 44 home runs in his last 183 games. So, I mean, certainly a, a guy who you can count on for like an 820 OPS. And I love that he just won't kill you on the, the strikeouts. So, yeah, I think Santander is, is one that um, could be a nice little oatmeal. I mean, granted, it's, you know, outfielder position, but it might be a, a good reason to kind of look elsewhere um, and know that you can get kind of a steady value here. So uh, that that was my next one. Steve, you can uh, take it any direction from here. All right. Um, I think my last guy here that I've noted is a trip back to negative town. Uh, I think a guy that you liked a, a decent amount in, in the season. I know, I know you had him in a, oh, big time. a mock yeah. draft, but that's a Nick Castellanos. But yeah, uh, shockingly, shockingly bad season. 265, 305, and just 369 slug. That is insane. Um, you know, for a guy that like even when he – wasn't hitting as many homers at 30 homers. Like he always had like, you know, those 50 double seasons, things like that uh, has just 13 home runs chipped in seven stolen bases, but that doesn't make up for the 53 runs or 61 RBIs too. Um, and it looks pretty bad under the hood. It's harder to find a positive. Um, the hard hit percentage is way down at just 35%. The last two years it was at 47%. So like, you know, from some of the best in the league in 2021 and 2022, uh, in 2020 and 2022 to like some of the the worst, like 24th percentile. And he was 80th percentile in 2021, 83rd in 2020. Like, you know, this was even before he was the fantasy superstar. He was, you know, I remember there was a fan graphs article, like the Greek God of hard contact. And, <laughs> you know, I, I drafted Castellanos like every year, basically before his breakout, just because the underlying numbers were so good. Um, and it finally clicked, but it all fell apart this year. I know that I like to talk about, especially how sometimes it takes a year, um, on a new team when you're pressing in a new contract, but you know, Lindor is one that comes to mind, but like Lindor's underlying numbers, like didn't fall off this hard, you know, just a 6.6% power rate. That is the worst of his career. Uh, the hard hit rate is the worst since 2015, there is just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for Castellanos. Um, and what makes everything worse is that he's not this great plate. This simple guy, he's always chased a lot. He didn't really draw too many walks. So when this happens to a guy with that sort of profile, it leads to this perfect disaster, perfect storm. And that's kind of what happens. So uh, it, it's harder to, to, to find something to believe in in Castellanos numbers other than the facts that like, you know, he's got to be better than this, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's going to be a kind of a soft analysis all off season about basically what happened here for all the reasons you point out. And it just looks so, so different. You would never guess these underlying metrics belong to his player page. Um, but he, he, he had the oblique injury early September. He's been out since then. And I'm wondering if maybe that was factoring yeah, in. Sure. I also know, 
you know, he was he was always such a fiery mm-hmm. player for the for the Reds, and we talk about it a lot, and it seems like it's true more often than than false that t- big players when they go to kind of new, sometimes intense environments, which I would definitely call Philly, that maybe he was he was pressing, maybe that factored in. The Harper stuff was weird, and he just never got it going. I mean, the average came around a little bit post All Star break, um, hit two ninety seven, but yeah, the power, uh, you know, it still was kind of middling. But this this is a weird one. I mean, I guess if you squint post All Star break, a four forty six slug is a definite step up. Mm-hmm. So he was starting to right the ship, but never got there. And the underlying stuff, maybe you could attribute that to if the oblique was bugging him. But again, that's speculation i think this is one we're going to be talking about all year and it's it's going to be a headache to figure out what the appropriate range is to draft him out i mean it it, it kind of feels early on like this is the new yelich and bellinger of like this is a guy we were counting on everyone thought it was chalk like you know one of the safest picks in the first five rounds from a hitter standpoint absolutely and then you're just getting him, zero him and, power. Him, him and JD, I would have felt so good. Like, you know, just had to forget it. Yep, I got hitters. So we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, early on, it feels like it's going to be like a 90 to 110 type of draft range. That's a complete guess. Maybe you'll fall even farther. Um, but yeah, it's, it's surprising to say the least. Um, so for mine, Steve, do we want to go... Want to go positive or negative? I'm taking Acuna off the the all right. down. All yeah. right, that's just yeah. me being a little bitter because I just couldn't. <laughs> I could not handle. Yeah, I did. He I didn't put a, Soto has, on on for that exactly. Yeah, he had a sub 780 OPS, and every other year it's like nine. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had the he had the knee injury, so like this wasn't in the the range of outcomes. Yeah, we got We got to cross that off. We 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 can't have. We'll cross it off. We can't have bitter. Can we got a bitter van on there. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. My my only parting comment is a forty six point eight percent ground ball rate is a little alarming <laughs> compared to what else he's ever done. But it's fine. We'll move. Yes. Um, I don't want to talk about Merrill Kelly either, although it's definitely surprising oh. that he's a guy with with yeah. a three thirteen ERA, and here we are talking about him. But to me, convince me otherwise, Steve. This this isn't going to happen again, right? <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 I know Nick was hesitant, like in the beginning of the season, he's kind of come around Nick Pollocka or, uh, the, the head honcho here at pitcher list, like, you know, was saying it was kind of like a Vargas role thing and then eventually kind of just accepted it. And I think I've kind of just accepted it. Like the fastball velo is up, uh, the changeup uh, is getting a lot more whiffs, um, and he's throwing it more. So like, you know, we talk about it like velo increase and throwing your better pitches more like that. That's what leads to breakouts. And I think this is kind of what Kelly is now. Sure. I, I don't think it's going to be a low three ZRA, but I think he's going to be a great three, four mid three ZRA, uh, three, four, like, you know, three, four fantasy starter uh, with the mm-hmm. mid three ZRA, uh, like a great, great staff filler um, that, you know, if he is this popular fade, I think there could be some good value. If he's being drafted as like a four or five, I think he'll produce more like kind of what he did this year. You know, 
Um, the K rate took a nice jump. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a number one, but I think he's going to be another useful fantasy starter again next year. Yeah, he's ranked 96th in five by five. The the 22 percent K rate is very lackluster, and it's kind of a pitcher prototype. That's like he's probably going to be priced in a way that all the pitchers around him have a lot more strikeout upside. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, you you bring up good points, and um, there's certainly things that are interesting. I just wonder if. Uh, He's kind of a Toby in disguise, or or might go the way of like a Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, he could be. I, I can't pic- yeah. picture myself. You know, if he was beyond like a pick one fifty, and he's truly like a SP four five, and I, I, I've got some volatility up front, I might consider that. But it feels like it's always the honeypot for the next. True. You know the 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 next rising star it's, pitcher. It's hard not to draft upside where Kelly is going to go. And maybe that, that bumps down his, his, his price a little bit just because he is boring and doesn't have that K upside. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we did talk about Kelly. Um, the, the last <laughs> one, the last one we've talked about plenty, but we got to call him out is, is Adelise Garcia uh-huh. drafted 171. We were petrified of the plate discipline He's currently ranked 28th in 5x5, 25 homers, 25 steals, uh, batting 252, which you will take, especially this year, and 84 runs, 96 RBIs, so the counting stats have also been excellent. The K rate has gone down from 31.2%, which is very alarming, to 27.6%, which you can stomach. The walk rate up a little bit. Uh, The sweet spot percentage is up a little bit. And then the flip side, Steve, is that uh, his O swing has actually gotten worse this year. And just looking at kind of his production based on pitch type, I noticed that almost all of his production has been related to how he's hitting against sinkers. And it's still, you know, that's a pitch he faces like 25% of the time or something. But like his his whiff rate last year against sinkers was like thirty one, and this year it went all the way down to like seven percent. And then his his homer production, his slugging, was insane against sinkers, and is pretty much more of the same against every other pitch. I don't know, man. Like, are you are you a believer now on Adelise Garcia? Or are we still gonna have him in kind of like the fade column? Uh, it's hard to say without knowing like the ADP and where he's landing, but like this one's tough for me. Cause he's not a spring hen um, to where like, if he's 22 years old, I might look at this profile and be like a lot more excited, but it like, you know, he's right around 30, I believe. And this, there's still concerns that maybe this could be like, you know, we saw Stanton take a step forward last, last year on K Ray. And then he, completely regressed and now he's batting 208 and I guess the speed it it kind of throws everything else out the window and you're like well you're gonna get the steals no matter what but it's definitely a surprise to say the least um curious where you're at I know we've talked about him a time or two but let's just hit on it one more time for Garcia so I think a lot of the value came from Garcia at least in a bunch of my you know 
shallower leagues, like Garcia was dropped in April. He had a 676 OPS. Yeah, there was three steals, but you know, a, a 195 average. So like, you know, people were sort of taking their victory laps on the, the, the you know, the, the ones that faded Garcia, obviously that didn't turn out well. Um, but other than a June where he had a 929 OPS, the, the, the next highest month, uh, for OPS wise, it has been August where he's had a 794 OPS. Um, obviously, yeah, the steals are going to, you know, be a game changer when you have 25 steals, that's going to inflate your value. But I think he's closer to the 780, 790 OPS than he is, you know, the, the, the June 929. Mm-hmm. So sure. I think there'll be good counting stats, but I don't, think it'll be as great of a season overall uh you know for for, for Garcia um maybe like a 230 yeah. uh 18 homers 24 20, steals yeah. or something and his price is going to be i think way way too high for me so like this is you know such a flip flopper and cop out of an answer but like I believe in Garcia and I think he's a good player, but I'll be out just because the price will be too high. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I mean, he's definitely, you know, five by five is his format. Yes. Plate discipline and the emphasis on steel. So definitely, you know, everything we're saying in a points league, I would push him back even, even further. But um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely defying, defying kind of the industry analysis i think he was a popular fade and he's going to be another one that people look at um and he could surprise us like a like a jazz chisholm type where everyone thinks it's just way too risky mm-hmm. and then he just continues to to surprise with the the bat speed and the actual production and yeah this uh this is kind of a head scratcher but i think i'm with you to to summarize that i'll probably be out unless uh, I'm desperate for speed or maybe it's like a best ball and you just want to count on somebody who could break break out and, and beat his value. So, all right, that's a rundown, man. Uh, so we had Singer. Uh, we had Tristan McKenzie. We had Giolito. We had uh, J.D. Martinez, Andres Jimenez, Nick Castellanos, Anthony Santander, and then a little dash of uh, Merrill Kelly and, and Adelise Garcia. Yep, we and we won't mention. Yeah, yeah a little, a little Acuna, a little Acuna, a little Acuna. Let, let you let you vent there. That ground ball rate that that's all the knee, man. I, I I'm gonna be loving if Acuna's in like the mid to late first rounds next year. I think he'll be a, a great bounce back candidate. Yeah. Not that, that that helps you this year. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I know it's a bitter subject. I know my uh, home league was laughing and they're like, I can't wait for Van to pick Acuna first overall next year, just to double down yeah. and make sure, make sure no one else yeah. can get the production the that back, I deserve. Yeah. Dude, I was just so salty. Cause I got him at like 25 and oh. then he came back from the injury in like so three quick. weeks. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, was, so. and was running, right? Like the steel's like, Oh, he's gotta be healthy. He's running again. Yeah. Like, that was the question. Yeah. It's, it's, the, oh, pow- it's the power that was hurt. Not the steals from, from the knee injury, but. This game, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is this is fun, man. I know we'll be back next week, which will be uh, last episode of the season. We'll do a little chalkboard. It'll be a blast, and then 
I think we won't be waiting too long, right, Steve, for the full the full look ahead. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll we'll start to get. Uh, you know, it'll be a good recap episode. I, I think we've been excited for, and then we can kind of jump right into looking back with an eye for 2323. I know that's what these episodes kind of are, but you know, it's nice when you put an official bow on it and like get the prep mode. Like uh, we were born in the off season, right? That's when when we started the show. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we'll, uh, we'll get into all the fun stuff. Yeah. Top top starting pitchers, mock drafts, all that stuff. And and we'll keep you posted uh, on baseball. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm pumped about the, you know the wild card uh, i know people oh, yeah. were hesitant about it but i think it'll be great great uh entertaining more baseball more more exciting playoff baseball is good by me and we'll keep you posted on like all the the scheduling stuff because because i don't know what day we'll be in the off season well you know we'll, i think we're we're going to be every other week uh but we'll obviously keep you guys posted we'll probably have more details about that next week or or if not the, the show after that yep we'll give you some some production notes and all that good stuff but speaking of if you guys made it this far please go out and uh give us a, a subscribe a rating on apple spotify wherever you guys listen we appreciate you guys sticking with us this late in the season this late in the show follow us on twitter at winds above pod i am at van underscore verified and steve is at stav 8818 wraps us up for episode 75 Thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Thanks, guys. Later.